all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Good morning, Southern Remedy listeners. Welcome to Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, we're tackling the topic of exercising as we get older. My guest is Caitlin Zachary from the University Wellness Centers, and we want to talk to you today about what types, amounts, and intensities of exercise you should be getting. We want to hear from you today with your questions, your comments, or your stories. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. A big day for Judge Neil Gorsuch, who was sworn in twice today. The first in a private ceremony, the second in a public ceremony today to become the newest member of the U.S. Supreme Court. NPR's Scott Horsley reports Gorsuch locks in a conservative five to four majority on the court, delivering on a key campaign promise of President Donald Trump. Trump looked on along with all the members of the Supreme Court as Gorsuch took the judicial oath administered by his mentor, Justice Anthony Kennedy. Gorsuch will fill the seat left vacant more than a year ago by the death of Antonin Scalia. He promised to remember that legacy as he puts his own mark on the court, possibly for decades to come. I will never forget that to whom much is given, much will be expected. And I promise you that I will do all my powers to permit to be a faithful servant of the Constitution and laws of this great nation. Gorsuch is expected to attend a private conference with other justices later this week, and he'll take part in the next round of oral arguments set to begin next week. Scott Horsley, NPR News, the White House. The G7 meeting is taking place in Italy under heightened tension over last week's apparent chemical attack in Syria and retaliatory U.S. missile strikes on a Syrian airbase. At the gathering, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and other high-level officials will attempt to persuade Russia to halt its support of the Syrian president, Bashar al-Assad. So far, the Kremlin appears to be standing firmly behind the Assad regime. Families who lost loved ones in Sunday's bombing at Alexandria's Coptic Cathedral in Egypt are joined by hundreds more people in mourning today over one of the worst attacks on Egypt's Christian minority. Many were seen today carrying wooden coffins as other mourners dressed in black wept. 17 people were killed in the bombing in Alexandria. The violence took place hours after another explosion went off at a Coptic church in Tanta. 28 people were killed in that attack. Islamic State says it was behind the bombings. Israel is prohibiting its citizens from crossing the border into Egypt's Sinai Desert. Israeli authorities say there is an imminent threat of attack by ISIS-affiliated militants against tourists in Sinai. 
NPR's Daniel Estrin has this from Jerusalem. The Sinai Peninsula, with its Red Sea beaches, is a popular Israeli tourist destination for the Passover holiday, which begins Monday night. But Israel is taking the rare step of blocking Israeli nationals from crossing into the Egyptian Sinai. Authorities have called on Israelis already there to return to Israel immediately. Israel's counterterrorism bureau says an ISIS-affiliated militant group in the Sinai is looking to carry out attacks against tourists there in the, quote, immediate term. Today, militants in the Sinai launched a rocket into southern Israel. Police say there were no injuries. Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Jerusalem. At last check, the Dow was up nine points. This is NPR News. Arkansas is preparing to end the life of its seven death row or seventh death row inmate in less than two weeks. The state has been moving quickly before its supply of the drug it uses during executions expires May 1st. Meanwhile, a judge considers this week whether Arkansas's aggressive plan violates the inmates' rights to adequate access to counsel and the courts. The U.K.'s exit from the European Union, known as Brexit, dominates today's summit of southern European nations. Lauren Freyer has details on the gathering Spain is hosting. Spanish Prime Minister Mariano Rajoy is hosting the leaders of France, Italy, Portugal, Greece, Malta and Cyprus at a royal retreat on the edge of Madrid. It's a chance for Rajoy to assert himself as a leader of Europe's southern bloc. In negotiations over Britain's exit from the EU, Rajoy has already won veto power over Gibraltar, a British territory at Spain's southern tip. Brexit could take up to a billion dollars out of the Spanish economy, especially especially on the Mediterranean coast, which hosts the biggest British expat community in Europe. Today's Madrid meeting comes ahead of a full EU summit in Brussels at the end of the month. For NPR News, I'm Lauren Fryer in Madrid. Another public relations nightmare for United Airlines. A passenger's online video has gone viral showing security guards dragging a passenger from a flight at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport after the airline announced it was overbooked. United says it needed extra seats to accommodate a crew needed for a flight that night. Four passengers reportedly were randomly chosen to be booted off the flight. One refused, so he was dragged out. Whole thing captured on video and then posted to Facebook. This is NPR. Support for NPR comes from the financial services firm of Raymond James, offering personalized wealth management advice and banking and capital markets expertise, along with a legacy of putting clients' financial well-being first. Learn more at RaymondJames.com. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today my guest is Caitlin Zachary. She's a personal trainer at the University Wellness Centers. Good morning, Caitlin. Good morning, Josie. I'm so glad that you're here with us today because our topic is so exciting and it's actually brought to us from our listeners. I had so many requests to do an exercise and aging topic. So that is what we will be covering today. So if you have questions about what kind of activity you should be doing as you get older, exercises that are good for folks with 
hypertension, diabetes, bad knees, all of that. We can help you with that today, and we want to. We want to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Now, Caitlin, tell me a little bit about what you do at the Wellness Center. So I'm a personal trainer there. So that's what I do most of the day. When I'm not training, I do fitness assessments for the members. Um, so it kind of gives them a baseline of where they are. Um, and yeah, that's what I do. So walk me through a fitness assessment and tell me what, you know, if someone was interested in getting a fitness assessment done, what does that entail? Okay. So we get heart rate, um, blood pressure. We take their body fat using a BIA system. Um, that also gives us their water weight, um, tells us how hydrated they are. Um, it depends which test you get, but if you get the longer test, we can do push-ups and wall sits. That's the one that I had. <laughs> yes, that's the fun one that everyone loves. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I also was not a huge fan of the fat percentage to water percentage um, yes. measurement. And so you, you said a BIA, that's a bioimpedance analysis, yes, that's right? bioelectrical impedance analysis. So tell me what that, what that does. So um, it's really fun. I like it. You step on the scale and um, it sends a small electrical current through your body. So please don't do that if you have a um, oh, heart. Right. A pacemaker yes, a or pacemaker something like or anything that. Like that. Yes. But, so it sends a small electrical current through your body and then it um, actually goes slower through fat than it does muscle. So that ends up telling us your body fat percentage. Right. And I asked how much more water I needed to drink to make my body fat not be that. Yeah, <laughs> and right. they were like, that, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so because I was not a fan of my, my score. But I did it because I, knowledge is kind of it's power. It so is. I knew where I was starting with that. And so now when I have my reassessment, I'll see if I if I got any better. And if I didn't, then back to the drawing board um, with that. So that's a great tool um, to have that done. If you don't have access to uh, one of those machines or if your gym doesn't have that, then at least get the basic assessment, you know, your heart rate, your blood pressure, yes, yes, you know, weight, waist circumference, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So do you guys use waist circumference? We do. We do. That's mainly to get the waist to hip ratio mm-hmm. um, to tell them. Um, so, you know, there's two types of fat, gynoid and android, um, and that belly fat, that android fat's the um, an unhealthy fat that right. we want to get so rid of. So that weight around our middle, uh, you know, we used to just think, oh, well, we're a little fluffy right there. <laughs> but now we know that that fat tissue around the, the abdomen actually is releasing different kind of, of hormones and chemicals that, mm-hmm. you know, makes us at more risk of having a heart attack or right, stroke. Right, exactly. So a waist circumference is an excellent uh, measurement to have done, and you can have it done at your gym. You can have it done in your healthcare provider's office. Every single one of us out there practicing medicine have a tape measure, and we can measure that and give you your um, your waist circumference, and then tell you what your cardiac risk is based off of that. I like it. Um, because BMI, so that's kind of what we use as a screening all over the place for um, body size. You know, it's your weight versus your height. But if you're in in very good shape, if you have a lot of muscles, you mm-hmm. may be a little heavier, and it'll make your BMI look like you're overweight or right, obese. Exactly. And so sometimes people get mad because they're like, I'm not obese, but, you know, my BMI says I am. So I like to follow it up with that waist circumference measurement. Mm-hmm. and gives us a good another little point to look at on there. So if you've not had your waist circumference done, then ask your healthcare provider to do that and write that down for you. And that's kind of a good jumping off point for that. So what what's a typical visit with a personal trainer like? Um, so most of my clients do 30-minute sessions. 
Um, we'll start out with a warm-up about five minutes, and we'll end, end the workout with a cool-down for about five minutes. So we end up having about a 20-minute workout. I like to do more, like, HIT-style workouts since we only have 20 minutes. Right. Um, so basically that means we'll go from one thing into the next immediately. Um, so, like, squat, air squats, like, straight into um, walking lunges, for example. And that just keeps their heart rate up so they're burning fat the entire workout. Right. And so a HIT training is high-intensity interval, interval training. training. Yes. And, you know, I love interval training because I think you feel like you get the most calorie yes, burn from exactly. that. From, like, a short amount of time. Right. Very short amount of time. And, you know, if you're someone who likes group exercise classes, you know, of course, I always talk about Zumba because I love Zumba. But that's kind of essentially what we're doing in a Zumba class mm-hmm. is, is a HIT-style workout because we're taking you up high-intensity songs and then we'll bring you kind of down a little bit lower intensity songs and back up and down kind of keeps your muscles guessing keeps your body guessing Mm -hmm. so if you're intimidated to do a personal trainer um which some folks are you know they're they're intimidated for that hop in a group fitness class somewhere and you can still get that calorie burn from that but we want to focus today on uh what we need to do as we get older um and and how we stay as fit as we can or get more fit if we've kind of just been sitting around for the last couple of years. So I put out a call this morning on social media asking for questions related to our topic. And, you know, the first question that popped up was just how much cardio do we really need? And so first, Caitlin, I want you to tell us what cardio is. What is cardio? So cardio is um, cardio respiratory um, endurance basically so that's any kind of exercise as far as like walking um, running jogging swimming I mean riding biking, bike anything yes, that gets your heart rate anything up anything that gets your heart rate up yes and so how much cardio do we need so we need 30 minutes five days a week that is the minimum um, so it ends up being 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise a week so um, yes so 75 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise if you don't want to do that moderate, if you really want to get your heart rate up, you can do less time. And so that brings us to another question I got that says, how fast should we walk? And that's really hitting on that intensity factor mm-hmm. of that. So we mentioned moderate intensity and vigorous intensity. What's what's the difference in those two things? And how do we know? So in vigorous intensity, you should not be able to talk to someone next to you at all. That's called the talk test. Um, in moderate, um, you might be able to a little bit, but um, in vigorous, you definitely shouldn't be able. You should be struggling. Right. So if you're just going out for a light stroll around the neighborhood, uh, walking your dog, and you can talk to that dog, or you can talk <laughs> on the phone with uh, with your mama, or you can, you know, if you're walking with a buddy, you can carry on a full conversation. That's a light intensity workout. And it's great for, um, you know, getting out, getting um, up and active, but that's not where your calorie burn is going to come from, and that's not where the majority of your health benefits are going to come from. So you really need to be modern intensity. And so I, what I say is you could talk, but you could not sing. So, and you wouldn't talk in very long sentences. You might just say, you know, one or two word sentences. So it's moving at a good little, uh, good little clip um, for that. I always say it's like if my mama had baked a pie and she said, Josie, the pie is ready. How fast I got there to eat that pie, that would be moderate (laughs) intensity because I do like some pie. Um, But that's kind of where we want the majority of folks hanging out is that moderate intensity. And it's important to, you know, realize that your modern intensity is going to be different than someone else's, especially if it's someone who's not been up and been active very often. You know, if you're going straight from no exercise to someone who exercises three to four days a week, they're going to have more endurance than than you have. And so don't always tell people don't measure yourself 
next to someone else. Just Mm -hmm. measure yourself against where you started. And so if you couldn't bend over and tie your shoes and walk to the mailbox, then our goal we're going to set for you is that you're able to tie your shoes and you're able to get to the mailbox and back without being super, super winded. So reasonable goals with that. Now, this recommendation, this 30 minutes a day, five days of the week of moderate intensity, is that for everyone? Yes, it is. Um, that's the good thing. So that's it's not thing. just older adults. It's everyone. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, um, except for kids. Right. Little kids, we do want them to be up more. So 60 minutes a day, yes. every single day. day. Yeah. The good thing about it is kids rarely have a hard time getting that in because mm-hmm. they, you know, their play counts as exercise. But we want to make sure that we're equipping them with stuff to, to do. You know, we don't send them to recess with, with no equipment, you know, balls, right. jump ropes, hula hoops, all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I like to read. And so I could plant my tushy outside during recess and read, and that doesn't count as recess. You got to get up and you got to get moving. If you got questions for us today about how you can get up and get active or uh, any particular exercise question, if you want to know if it'll help you or improve your heart or improve your joints, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org and we would love to answer those questions. But I also love to just hear from you guys and hear kind of how you've started on your health journey. And if you've made um, improvements in your life and they're working or stuff that may not have worked and we can kind of help tweak that for you. We would love to hear from you today. So we've talked about how much we need and kind of what intensity. The next question that I got was what's the best time of the day to exercise or does it matter if we exercise in the morning or noon or at night? So it doesn't matter at all. Whatever time of day is good for you, whatever time um, works with your schedule, with your work schedule. Um, I exercise first thing in the morning at 5 a.m. I love getting it over with, and it really actually gives me more energy for the rest of the day. I don't hit that slump at 2 p.m., but some of my friends also like to exercise at night. So, and that's fine. That works for them. So it's just whenever you can get that 30 minutes in a day. Right. And I totally agree. You know, whenever you can make it work with your schedule, that's when you want to do it. Um... I like to sleep, so 5 a.m. does not, um, my eyeballs are still closed at 5 a.m., so I'm not a super early morning exerciser. Um, On the weekends, I do go ahead and get up because I find that if I don't get up and do my exercise in the morning, then I'm just going to lay around like a slug all day long, and then I feel terrible at the end of the day. So I do go ahead and get up and do that. but I, my particular time of the day is as the, at the end of my work day. So just when I come home from work, I just don't ever let my tush hit the couch. Because if I just go ahead and sit down, then I'm it's just, over. I'm going to stay <laughs> down. Yeah. You know, it's over. The game is over and I'm, I'm down for the count. So, you know, I just keep my walking shoes by the back door as soon as I come in, slip that off, put my walking shoes on and, and the kids and I hit the yard. Um, and both, both my boys just learned how to ride their bikes this week, so now it's wearing me down because it's not an easy walk. It is a chasing them full speed ahead as they barrel down the uh, the road on those bicycles, but they're having a blast. So um, I've had some people say that they've heard that if you exercise before bed that it keeps you up, that it kind of revs you up and it keeps you up. I've seen it go both ways. You know, I've seen it where people say it totally hypes them up, they can't go to sleep. And then I've seen people say it really relaxes them and that they're able to go to sleep after that. So I would just encourage listeners to just 
give it a try. You know, if you absolutely detest waking up in the morning and exercising, then try it a little later on and see how that goes for you. But you gave me a great tip before we got in the booth this morning about how to accrue that 30 minutes, that it doesn't all have to be at one time. Right. That's the good part. Um, So you can do 10-minute bouts of exercise, really not less than that from what I've learned. But, um, yes, you can get that 30 minutes through 10, you know, three separate times of 10 minutes throughout the day. Right. So you could do 10 minutes when you get up, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes at at lunch, lunch, and 10 minutes when you get home. Yep. As long as you're getting that 30 minutes in. So, you know, take pack your shoes and uh, hit hit the pavement at lunchtime and get a little 10-minute walk in, and that will definitely help with your uh, 2 o'clock slump. Yes. You know, so if if I feel myself getting getting sleepy, it's time to get up and get moving around. If you use, a, you know, one of these smart watches, it tells you to get up. Now, sometimes that irritates me. <laughs> I'm like, hush, yeah. hush watch on my hand. Don't tell me to get up. But it is a good reminder. And we want to talk about, what I want to talk with you about is um, sedentary behavior, sitting, and how that we... Now we know that that is, you know, um, a risk factor for for, um, heart attacks and strokes as well. Just not that you're not being active, but the fact that you're just sitting. Right. Because, I mean, even if you're working out that 30 minutes of the day, there's still, you know, 23 and a half more hours in the day. So and if you're spending that entire time sitting, then you're not doing any good for yourself. Right. So we want to get up and get you know, just walk to the bathroom, mm-hmm. stand up and stretch. You know, there are great resources online where you can print out little pictures of stretches that you can do at your desk. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just about every hour or so, just stand up and, and do that for, you know, four or five minutes and get your get your blood flowing. And that will greatly improve your overall health, just not sitting all that time. So we want to hear from you. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be answering more of your questions about exercising as we get older. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. You can make a difference in your community by simply donating a vehicle. It's a quick and easy way to take care of that unwanted vehicle that is just sitting around. Best of all, we'll handle the entire process from picking up the vehicle to sending you the tax paperwork. Just call 877-MPB-4CAR or go online to mpbonline.org slash support. Make the difference and donate your vehicle today. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. 
To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Here with my guest, Caitlin Zachary. She is a personal trainer at the University Wellness Centers. And today we are tackling the topic of getting active as we get older. And we've been taking questions from uh, social media today, and we would love to talk with you on the phone. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring If you prefer not to talk, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org, and we'll be happy to uh, get to your call or your question. Or if you just want to tell us what works for you, what what kind of tips that you've found as you've uh, been on your journey toward getting uh, healthier, we would love to hear those as well. So, Caitlin, before we went to the break, we were talking about, um, you know, how much exercise we should get, when we should get it, what intensity we should get it at. And this next question that um, I've gotten is one that I get all the time, and it's about the relationship between food and physical activity and when you should exercise in relation to food. Do you need to eat before you exercise? Do you need to eat after you exercise or does it just not matter? Um, both. You should definitely eat something before and after you exercise. Um, you don't want to eat anything like too heavy before you exercise or you will not feel good while you're exercising. But not eating anything, you'll probably get lightheaded. Your blood sugar will get really low. Um, so eat, eat something light, whether that be like an apple and some peanut butter or a piece of toast or um, just something before you go in there. And then after, you want to make sure you get um, protein and carbs in. So whether that be chocolate milk, which is always a great go-to, um, or a protein shake or just whatever's good for you. Just make sure it has protein and carbs to rebuild that muscle. That's an excellent point. So just like she mentioned before you uh, work out, you know, I just try to think of my body like a car. And so if I go out to crank my car in the morning and it is, you know, past the E, which, you know, don't <laughs> ask my husband because that is always what my car looks like. It is past the E. Um I'm going to have to stop and get some gas before I try and do any of my other stuff that day. Your body's the same way. If you're going to push it through a workout, then you got to give it some gas to be able to do those things. But you don't need to top off the tank. So it doesn't need to be, you know, this massive, you know, uh, country boy breakfast from, you know, the all-you-can-eat buffet because that's going to sit in your stomach and you're going to get nauseous or you're going to cramp. Or, you know, even if you drink a ton of liquids before, you may get that super cool sloshy feeling in your stomach, which is not fun while you're working out. So you mentioned apple and peanut butter. That's great. Um, It's the combo of the carb and the protein that you're trying to get. So carbohydrates give us quick energy. Protein gives us lasting energy. So think about what your workout's going to be. You know, if you're just going for a 10-minute walk, you don't really need that much. But if you're going to hit, you know, uh, a session with Caitlin and do <laughs> some personal training, or if you're going to hit my class and, you know, rock it out for an hour, you're going to need something that's not only going to give you some quick energy to kind of get you going in the class, and then you're going to need something that's going to kind of kick in about 30 minutes later and bring you on home for the rest of that class. So apple and peanut butter was great. Uh, toast and peanut butter is great. Um, cheese and fruit is great. Some nuts.
habits, all of those types of things. Quick, easy breakfasts. Um, I usually keep, um, you know, nabs, you know, little peanut butter crackers in my bag. And I'll have four of those before, I, you know, before I work out, not even the whole pack. But it's giving my body something. And then you talked about after you work out, you got to repair um, those muscles, right? Because right. even if you didn't hurt yourself, there's little tiny tears in the muscles right. that muscle, you've done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You broke them down, so you need to give them the fuel to rebuild themselves stronger. Rebuild them back up. And how quickly after a workout do we need to get that, that carb protein in? Um, it's really a 30-minute window is ideal. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's okay if you can't get it until after that, but ideally try to get it within those 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, 30 minutes is the perfect number, definitely within the, you know, an hour, hour afterwards. Yes, it's great to be able to do that. I just find I don't feel well if I don't give myself that little carb protein boost, um, mm-hmm. you know, at least within an hour after working out. Um, I'm often the one you see in the grocery store because that's when I do my grocery shopping is, is on my way home that has cracked open the chocolate milk in the in the aisle because <laughs> I'm hitting that 45 minute post-workout mark and I'm going, I don't feel good. I got to have my chocolate milk. So just make sure that you kind of plan ahead so that you're not that weird lady in the grocery store like me. But if you see me, come over and say hello. That's fine. And ask me what I'm doing. Uh, so that, that's great tips for that about when before and after that we should eat those things. Now, um, I have a question about stretching. So, you know, stretching, which, you know, we usually call it in more technical terms, we call it flexibility training, right? Kind of how you're, fancy. How you, yeah, fancy <laughs> word, flexibility fancy training. So um, tell us when you're supposed to when you're supposed mm-hmm. to stretch. Okay, so without getting too in-depth, um, there's different types of stretching. So there's dynamic stretching. So that's like walking lunges, stuff like that where you're moving. That's more appropriate for before your workout. You don't want to stretch cold muscles. So um, the static stretching where you're sitting on the ground and, you know, you're touching your toes, that's for the end of your workout. That's for your cool down. Right. And so that's what, you know, I see folks um trying to get in the get in the mode or you know get in the mindset and they're doing all these stretches beforehand you know they're bending over they're touching their toes they're doing these runners lunges they look great but you're really you know stretching a very very cold muscle and I actually uh, ha- had um, someone come up to me after I gave a talk a couple weeks ago and they said think about it like silly putty so if you take some silly putty brand new silly putty and you open it up and you take it out of the little egg and you try to stretch it What's it do? It breaks because it's not warmed up yet. But if you take it and you know, you move it around and you get it warmed up in your hands, you're then able to stretch it in all the different ways, right. which I thought was very, very cool way to think about it. So put those stretches at the end of your workout as that cool down. We've got a call um, from Frank and Jackson with uh, foods before a workout. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Love the show. Thank you. I have a pet peeve. Uh-oh, what is it? I am amazed at how many professionals come on this show and recommend bad, low-quality, de-neutralized, uh, de- no-nutrition, uh, high-calorie, high-fat foods. Mm-hmm. Nabs? How, why would a professional recommend that anybody eat nabs? That is the worst food possible. Well. That corn, you got that fructose. You know, okay, nuts, fine. Right. You know, so the people are fighting chance. The, <laughs> thank you for your comment. The, yeah. the point of that is that even if you have to grab something quickly, if you're going to work out, it's better to give yourself a little bit of carbohydrate, 
a little bit of protein before you work out. Is it the ideal, most perfect snack in the world? Absolutely not. But I try and live in, I'm real, real. So, you know, if that's going to keep me, if that's going to get me to work out and that's going to keep me from driving through the drive through and grabbing, you know, uh, an Egg McMuffin and a gallon of orange juice, then that's what I'm going to do to get my workout in and not feel terrible about my nutrition choices. So I always recommend better choices. It may not be the best, but a better choice is better than no choice at all. So, you know, Try and think of it that way. If I have the time, I'm absolutely going to make some whole grain toast and put some peanut butter on it. But that may not be realistic for me when I'm trying to get all my critters out of the house at the same time. So thank you for your comment. And we can agree to disagree on that. But I'm going to um, just kind of move forward with that. But thank you for giving us a call today, Frank. All right, moving back to stretching. So we were talking about how you stretch and that you should stretch at the end of the workout. So I had a question. Somebody came in and said, you know, good posture. How does how does stretching impact our posture overall? So um, especially with older adults, like you can tell the people who haven't been stretching for a while, they kind of have a hunchback look to them um, and you don't want that. So that's that's one important reason right. that you should have good posture and while stretching would help that. Um, it also helps you. It helps prevent injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, you're more likely to tear something when you don't stretch. You're more likely to have lower back problems when you don't stretch. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the one thing that people usually leave out of their workout is stretching. Right. They'll, it, get, they'll it, get the weights in. They'll get the cardio right. in. But then they're like, all right, I'm ready to go home and eat. Like, they just right. want to stretch. Right. And it's it's so important right. for those reasons. Yeah, we try and think of those. There's really three parts. There's the cardio part. There's the weight training part, which we can call resistance training. Mm-hmm. And then there's the flexibility um, or the stretching part. And what I find is folks that do stretching um, and flexibility – it works on their core muscles. It and does. so what's a core muscle? So those are your abdominal muscles. The so whatever abdominals. around somewhere. Right. And so when we tighten those up, it improves our posture. Correct. And really, it also improves our overall balance. Yes. So, you know, and balance is so important as we age. Yes. Because, you know, as we get older, the, the risk of falling increases. You right. Know? And so, you know, if someone falls, then it's much harder to kind of rehab them and get them up and moving right. again. So if we can get our muscles stronger before we start then and get those core muscles really good and tight, then we're less likely to have a, a balance issue or, or a fall while we're doing right. just regular activities of daily living. Just, exactly. you know, getting up, you know, cleaning the house, gardening, those things that you find pleasure in doing. So stretching is definitely a super big, important part of of how uh, an overall fitness program should go. So you mentioned kind of a warm-up earlier. You said you kind of warm up, then you do your activity, and then you can cool down. Okay. What's a great warm-up? Um, I usually, with a few clients, will do some air squats. Tell me what an air squat is. This sounds um, <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> um, so you, put your, you place your feet about shoulder-width apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically just sit back. You sit down and back, um, so you don't have any weight, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. You're just getting your blood, you're getting your blood moving, blood flowing, okay. um, and then I'll have them do some walking lunges after that. Um, 
some some clients that don't want to do that kind of warm up, they'll they'll get there before I get there, mm-hmm. and they'll get on the um, elliptical or on the treadmill. It's just the fact that you need to get your blood flowing before right. you just start lifting weights. So you could do you know a walk, yes, you know that kind of even that in that light intensity exactly walking mm-hmm. phase of that. You could do a little um, leisurely bike or the elliptical that exactly. you were talking about. Anything to just kind of kind of wake up those muscles, muscles get up. them going before you just jump into whatever activity it is that you're going to be doing because you don't want to stress those muscles out you know right so um and the cool down you we mentioned stretching is there any other kind of cool down that 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 needs to happen in that period yes another like that light aerobic activity whether that be walking or um biking at a very low intensity um you just want to remove that lactic acid out of your system so that's what that cool down is going to do for you and you can just incorporate that um static stretching in there as well so you know you don't want to just go hit the pavement run super fast and then no you don't you don't i actually just did a 5k a few weekends ago and um (laughs) after i got done i wanted to just stop but that's a terrible idea you have to slowly like keep running afterwards right yeah i feel like that reason 5ks i can do um i think any any more k's than that and i might just fall down yeah um you know five's about all i'm gonna Mm -hmm. make it but you know i do see people do that when they get to the end of the race they just kind of yes don't just stop or you'll fall down yeah exactly and and really i mean your heart's still racing you're still pumping blood around and your body really doesn't know what to do with all no you're trying to return like your um your body to homeostasis to normal basically trying to get it back down to normal Mm -hmm. so as much as you want to fall over just stay (laughs) up do some light walking around and bring that heart rate back down into a normal range and then take it through some stretches before you get all done with that so i hope that answers um the question that came on social media this morning that asked about stretching and good posture and how it impacts us as we age. If not, you can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We want to talk with you today. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. With their traditions threatened by modernity, some Roman Catholic families have chosen to settle together in one Maryland town. We started to see people coming here to join this kind of uh, heightened or thicker community life. I'm Robert Siegel, a town attracting strict Catholics just outside the Capitol Beltway, this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. 
This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with my guest, Caitlin Zachary, personal trainer at the Wellness Centers. And we're talking about exercise today and how we exercise as we get older and how we just keep uh, keep getting fit or start a fitness journey from there. And before we went to the break, we finished up talking about stretching and how that can be a part of your cool down as uh, you're coming down off of an exercise. And that, that cool down is so very, very important. Now I have a question about weight training. And so we mentioned it as resistance. Why is it called resistance training? Um, Because you're using resistance. So whether that be dumbbells or machine, um, free weights, I call dumbbells, Um, any of that, you're using resistance. You're pushing against something. Your muscle is pushing against something. But you don't, if you don't have access to a gym. Right. That's perfectly fine. Right. So how can, even if you don't have dumbbells at home, how can you uh, still get some resistance uh, movement in there? So I get that question a lot, actually, with some clients who like can't make it in for a workout or whatever. And they're like, hey, what can I do at home, but still get a workout in? So you have a body weight, right? Mm -hmm. So you can use your own body weight as resistance, which is perfect. So like I was saying, those air squats or get down and do some push-ups or do some modified push-ups if you can't do regular ones. Um, you'll still feel it, I promise. Yeah, you can even do incline kind of push-offs the wall yes. where you just kind of stand at an mm-hmm. angle to the wall and, and and push that way. And that's kind of a great way to, to start. start. Mm-hmm. Um, I know getting down on the floor can be difficult for some folks and it can just be um, flat intimidating uh, to try and get down on the floor and then you're thinking, who's going to get me back up off the floor? Right, <laughs> you know? right. Um, so just using the wall. But using your own body weight is a great way to do it. Another way is just looking around your house and thinking about what things weigh the same as a a light dumbbell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a pound dumbbell in each arm, which is fine if you're just starting out. I mean, you don't have to grab the huge dumbbells. But, you know, a can of vegetables is around 15.8 ounces, which is right there at a pound. So, you know, a can of green beans in each hand. And, you know, you can do some of those uh, lunges you were talking about, and that adds you some resistance in there. Um, or um, the, you know, the modified push-up, which, you know, some people call it the girly push-up. Right. But, but I own that. That is fine. <laughs> if I'm going to do a push-up, it is going to be on my knees. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, even some, um, and let's see, what else could you do at home that would be a resistance type of You could of do exercise? some uh, tricep dips with a chair. If That's you have a good a, one. A nice that chair. is a good one. Everyone and has chairs. Right? Everybody has chairs or a bench or something that they can sit sit on and do that. Or even a wall sit. Those, right. those dreaded wall sits are mm-hmm. good ways to build up resistance um, from that. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about weight training, but we have another caller with the dreaded nabs. My goodness. Good morning, Linda <laughs> in Houston. Hi, yes. How are you? I'm fine. How about you? I'm doing just fine on this pretty Monday. Yes, yes. I'm I'm calling to give some support to that guy that said nabs are not good for you. Yes, ma'am. They aren't. And you can do other quick things that are a little bit healthier, like grab a handful of of pecans. Yes, ma'am. I love the 100-calorie pack of nuts. Have you seen those Uh in the store? 
No, th- those are the things that I usually go to is nuts. Nuts. Fruit that you know mm-hmm. you can just eat out of hand. Right. Whatever's in season and something like that. It's much better because nabs always have those awful. Uh, yeah, things that keep them from going stale, and we don't know what all that stuff does to us. <laughs> well, thank you for those yeah. suggestions. Nuts are a great way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Fruits are a great way to do it. Right. Um, and they're kind of, they come in their own packaging, you know, so, but pay attention to the serving sizes on those as well, because we grow some big old apples here in America, and sometimes that's a little bit more than a serving that we need at a time. But it's a great way to kind of... Um, package things together the best idea is just to have a plan and write out your plan for the day so we try and do that on sundays we write out our meal plan for our breakfasts our lunches and our dinners so that we kind of have a plan doesn't always uh work out that way because you know sometimes kids get sick or they have an emergency practice for something that you didn't know they were going to have but having a plan keeps you on track the majority of the time so thank you for that linda thank you have a great day okay All right. So back to our weight training. So should that be something that's part of our our workout as we get older? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I have a few clients, actually, who are older adults. And I tell them all the time how important and they're women, especially for women. That's so important. So as we get older, our bone mineral density, so that decreases, right? So that increases our risks for fractures when we fall or whatnot. And um, so weight training, not only does that build your muscles, so you look really good in those tank tops, (laughs) but um, it also builds our bone mineral density. It increases that. So like I said, it, it increases your chance for if you do fall, you don't break anything or you don't fracture anything. So if we have, you know, as we're getting older, if we're, you know, not been active and we want to start on some some weight training or some resistance training, we should get instructed on how to do that by someone before we just pick up some stuff and start going to town, right? Oh, yes, definitely. So where I work, we actually have something called an orientation, and that's where I'll come show you and help you, um, show you how the machines work, kind of show you different exercises with some dumbbells, just just for those people, just to get mm-hmm. you started. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to just pick up some weights and hope you're doing it like right and then right. hurt yourself. You'd rather have someone who knows what they're doing, has a degree, help you um, get started. Right. Because, you know, you what I worry about is people going past normal range of motion with, right. with weights. You know, they pick up something that's too heavy and then they can't put it down correctly or they right. can't lift it correctly and you're going to hurt yourself that mm-hmm. way. And, you know, if you hurt yourself when you're starting an exercise program, you're not going to stick with that exercise oh, no, program. No, no. You know, you're going to be like, that almost killed me. So mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do that. So that's definitely, a, you know, a good tip is to you know, get in with someone, at least for an orientation phase, right. and learn how to use those things or how to use the the um, machines at the gym because those can be intimidating as well. <laughs> yes, you those know. pictures are foreign. Yeah, no, I've gotten <laughs> on more than one thing facing the wrong way before. <laughs> so, you know, trying to look super cool. So, you know, just ask for help if you're out there and you're wanting to get started on one of these things so that you can get um, you know, get instructed in the proper way to do that. So uh, you were talking about bone mineral density. And, you know, that's uh, you, as women age, that's one of the things that we look at a lot. You know, we get bone density scans once we're about age 65 to see how 
um, you know, how dense our bones are. But it's not just for women. Mm-hmm. Women, uh, men not. can have low bone density as well. And some things that put you at risk for having low bone density, um, if you're, you know, anybody, but if you're uh, a male as well, is if you've had to use steroids, and I'm not talking anabolic steroids, the, the pump you up steroids. I'm talking like prednisone and um, um Cortisone, those kinds of meds that you would use for um, a chronic inflammatory condition like asthma or an autoimmune type disorder. People that are on those steroids long term, it does kind of thin their bones out. And so weight bearing exercises are great for helping to make the bones stronger over time. So the true weight lifting can be one of those. But what are some other just weight bearing exercises that don't involve pumping the iron? Um, just walking or jogging. Yeah, just walking. You know? Yeah, jogging, definitely. What I find, you know, I have a lot of uh, patients who have knee issues. Okay, and right. so they're always yeah. looking for exercises that will um, help take some of that pain out of their knee joints, which would be the opposite of a weight bearing because we're, mm-hmm. we're actually trying to get the weight off of that knee. Right. So what are those kind of non-weight bearing exercises that are good? Yeah, get in the pool. Um, a lot of older adults where, where I work, um, they love getting in the pool and doing like water aerobics or, you know, just getting in there and just doing some exercises in the pool because that water is going to take that, that weight off, you know, and they'll be able to do more in the pool and yeah. still get their exercise and cardio in. Water is great for that. And then, as funny as it sounds, actually strengthening up those quad muscles, mm-hmm. so the muscles in the top part of the leg, yep. can help you with um, with knee pain. How does that work? Um, so basically, when you have a weak quadricep muscle, the upper part of your leg, um, it's going to pull on your, your hamstring's going to pull on your knee a little bit more than normal. Um, so like you said, strengthening those quadricep muscles will help with that knee pain. Just think about when you stand up, you mean gravity is mm-hmm. there. And so it's going to pull down on your entire body. And so, you know, good, healthy knees have, you know, spaces in between the joints and fluid in between there that cushion that area for when we're standing. But as we get older and, you know, just through use and wear and tear of that knee joint, the space may decrease. You may get little bone spurs in there and you may not have as much fluid fluid in that joint space. And so when you stand up, the knee bones just kind of rub on each other. So if we can strengthen those muscles up in the top part of our leg, then when we stand up, they actually take some of the brunt of of gravity and stand up on that and keep those bones from rubbing together like that. So, you know, work with if you've got severe arthritis, which, you know, so many of us do. I have so many patients that have that. I really do try and get them in with either a personal trainer or a physical therapist to get that uh, quad muscle good and and um worked out as much as it can be good and strong so that it will take some of their uh, pressure off of those knees so when we come back we're going to go back to the phone lines and answer a couple more questions and if you have a question you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org
Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. We are more than halfway to receiving the 300 applications needed to get an MPB car tag. MPB needs less than 130 more people to sign up. We know you can help make this happen. All it takes is a one-year commitment of $31. This is another way you can help MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. Sign up at mpbonline.org slash cartag. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with my guest, Caitlin Zachary, personal trainer at the University Wellness Centers. And we've been talking today about exercising and how to get the right amount and how, how to do the right exercises as we get older. And we have had a great show, and we're kind of coming toward the last segment of the show. And we've got a call from Joe in Clinton, who's got a question about working out with heart problems. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? We're fine. How are you? Doing well. And, uh, yeah, I had a question about heart problems or uh, more accurately high blood pressure. Okay. And this isn't quite for me, but uh, my father is uh, about to turn 60, and he's asked me for advice on if he should go see a personal trainer and if he can work out safely with high blood pressure. Right. And I was just curious what you thought. Well, you know, absolutely. So, you know, exercise is for the vast majority of people that it's safe to work out in. Since he has high blood pressure, I'm assuming he also has a health care provider. If he doesn't, he needs to get one of those because we want to be a partner. Um, we want our trainers and our exercise specialists to be partners with health care providers. And so he just needs to get cleared from his personal health care provider, uh, make sure his blood pressure is under, you know, under control. Now, certainly if somebody's blood pressure is 200 over 100, I'm not going to want them to go work out. But if we've got our blood pressure, you know, reasonably under control, and we don't have chest pain when we work out, we don't get, you know, terribly short of breath, um, then exercise is probably going to be great um, for your dad. So once he gets that clearance from his physician or nurse practitioner, then absolutely, you know, personal training is a great place to start with that. Okay. And uh, one of the other things was that he was just worried that if he'd go to a personal trainer that they may or may not really be educated enough to really deal with people with like his type of condition are all trainers uh, i guess not the same but right well i'm going to turn that to my trainer because she's going to be the expert on that to tell us a little bit about what you know what it means to be a personal trainer so joe not all um 
not all trainers are the same, unfortunately. Um, so definitely when you're going to a trainer or before you go to a trainer, look at their credentials. Ask the gym for their credentials. Um, so I have a master's degree in exercise science as well as a certification through ACSM, um, which is a good a good certification. Um, but not all trainers have that. Some trainers don't even have a college degree in that. So definitely ask the gym that he's at or just the personal trainer, hey, what are your credentials? Because um, he'll definitely feel safer with someone who has, you know, more credentials or a master's degree or whatever. Um, so, yeah, just tell them to ask. And, uh, do your clients, are all of, do some of them have health issues as well? Yes, they do. Um, a lot of them do have high blood pressure, actually. Um, we just have to be careful with um, the intensity that we get to during the workout. And for a lot of people with high blood pressure, um, long-term exercise or chronic exercise actually helps lower that, which is great. Okay, that's kind of what I was hoping for for my father because – you know, he, he's doing okay for himself, but, you know, I just I always worry about him. And you know, mm-hmm. We all do. I'd like to get him set up to yeah. uh, be as healthy as possible. Well, we hope that helped. If if you need more information, you can always email us at fit at mpbonline.org, and I'll be happy to get you some more information about that. But thank you for calling this morning, Joe. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, we're going to go to Megan in Jackson with a question about hips and knees. Good morning, Megan. Good morning. I'll be brief because I know you're short on time. I have uh, the, the was having the same issue finding a um, qualified individual to help me with my particular issues, which are a little complicated. Mm-hmm. In that I'm a myeloma survivor, so I have bone issues. Right. And um, you know, postmenopausal woman, so Caucasian, bone loss is an issue every every which way for me. So, right. That in consideration, I need someone that understands the complexity of that. Right. That can help me. You know, I'm having currently having hip and knee issues mm-hmm. because of that. So. Well, the great thing about you're here in the Jackson area is that, you know, there's a, a, a program now at the wellness centers called Next Steps, and it actually requires a referral from your healthcare provider, and they can direct you into different pathways. So there's, you know, a heart health pathway, there's a diabetes pathway, there's about eight different pathways, and you get actual one-on-one time with that trainer for an evaluation and set up kind of a personalized um, plan for you. And so what I love about that program is that it is a partnership between the healthcare provider and the the trainer so that there's communication both ways. You know, if there's a particular limitation that your uh, physician feels you need, they can let that trainer know and work out a program together with that. The, and where is this located? At all of the university wellness centers. So we've got one on Lakeland, we've got one in Brandon, and we've got one in Madison. Um, if you um, just Google university wellness centers, it'll take you right to it, and you can fill out an interest um, form there and take it to your doctor. Okay. All right. All right. Well, great. Thank you. You're so welcome. Have a good day, okay? All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Very, very quickly, I'm going to go to Ben in Oxford and see what we can help you with this morning, Ben. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, just, I have uh, compression issues in my lower back, okay. arm, military service uh, uh, related. Uh, what types of exercises should I try to avoid and which ones could help me strengthen that area so that I don't end up with as much pain and don't get stuck? <laughs> to strengthen lower back? Yeah. Um, there, if you're, are you, do you have a gym, Ben? Uh, I, I'm not regularly. But, uh, you know, uh, worked out in high school, that type of thing. So, you know, football style, style uh, 
workout is what I was more used to, but I, I had to change it up once I got right. uh, to be a veteran. Um, if you do have a gym, they have um, a machine that is called like hyperextension, and it works your lower back. It's really good. Um, and then, just, you know, I might even recommend, Ben, since you've got some compression issues back there, that you start out with a physical therapist. Yeah. And because, so they can really target that one muscle group and get that kind of rehabbed and, and back to its, its you know, the best it can be. And then um, go to a more right. traditional gym. I don't want to tell you to get, right. Right. I don't wanna tell you to get in the gym before, like, you don't want to hurt yourself right. doing that. So like she was saying, go see a PT. That's what I would do first with that, Ben. So hopes that helped. If not, you can always email us. And we have enjoyed spending our Monday with you. And thanks to my guest, Caitlin Zachary from University Wellness Centers, and we will be back next week on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit.